episode, Ken Schumann and a group of faith walkers reflect on the story of the Magi and the power of Herod's destructive anxiety. We want to remind you Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us on the web at www.faithwalking.com where you will find more information about our Keep Calm weekly gatherings. In, in my own spiritual journey, um, and, and this is in no way uh, intended to be a slam against any group, but in, in my own spiritual journey, I really, uh, we, were, we were ultra conservative, kind of on the side of the Protestant house. And, and I didn't know anything about the church calendar or about uh, a lot of holidays or special times. Uh, in church calendar that some of you just grew up knowing, okay? And, and, and it's amazing to me at how little I knew and how little I still know and how much I'm still learning. And I'd always heard of, of Epiphany. So yesterday was the day of Epiphany, uh, January 6th, uh, which, uh, which I'm learning also happens after the 12 days of Christmas, uh, which I didn't know anything about. And and Epiphany is the celebration of the Magi coming to bring gifts to Jesus, uh, you know, after his birth. And uh, I was doing some reading yesterday uh, and, and really the day before uh, as, as I started moving in this direction. And I, I want to give credit to a couple of folks that influenced me. Uh, one is a, an, a, an elder uh, biblical scholar named Walter Brueggemann, who I talk about all the time. Walter Brueggemann influences me. And the other is a younger, radical, way out of the box, uh, offensive to many people, female uh, named Nadia Bulls Weber. And uh, I, uh, I was influenced by both of them as I, as I looked at uh, this idea of epiphany. And it was just yesterday, and it was significant for me. And I think there are a couple of things that really relate to our, our faith walking journey. Um, so, so both of the, of the people that I was reading came at this, this moment from different directions. Um, let me start with, with, with this. So in Matthew 2, we have the account of the Magi coming to Herod and asking about Jesus and because they had seen the star. And it's fascinating because the Magi were, were to the best of, of my study, they were Persian uh, or Iranian wisdom teacher priests. Uh, they were astronomers and astrologers, evidently. Uh, but they studied the stars. They were they were wisdom people, and somehow they 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 saw the star and they came from from the area of Iran over to Israel, and uh, and and that whole piece of the story is is pretty pretty fascinating. And Herod, when he when, when they say we've seen the star of the king of the Jews, Herod got anxious. 
And it's fascinating that, that this powerful political leader gets anxious when he, when he hears the report that a baby is, is, is being born who one day will become the king of the Jews. And you, you probably haven't been in Matthew recently, but it's, it's fascinating. And, and here's a piece for us that I think is important. And I'm not preaching at anybody. I just think it's important that Herod asked for the religious leaders to come and to tell him about Old Testament or Hebrew prophecy. What does the Old Testament prophesy about a Messiah? And so he went to Scripture. And he went to prophecy. But what he did with the prophecy was horrible. Because the prophecy only created more anxiety for him. Somehow, Herod was insecure, and he was intimidated by a baby being born. And, and so we, we know the story, and, and I think this is important to know. When we allow our anxiety to go to get out of control, we can do really bad things. So we talk about the fact that anxiety makes us stupid. It, it also, when, when, when our anxiety overwhelms us, we might even do evil things. And so out of his anxiety, Herod makes this edict that, well, okay, within a certain mile radius of Bethlehem, we're going to, I'm just going to go and have you kill every baby that's two years older or younger, uh, because I am scared to death of this announcement that a king is going to be barred. And it's just fascinating for me to even think about it. So can you think about this, this adult male sitting in a leadership position that gets intimidated by a baby that's being born. I mean, that doesn't even make sense to me. I mean, by the time the baby becomes an adult, I'm going to be too old to be ruler anyway, but he's so anxious around that, that he goes and has all the babies killed. I, I want to connect it, though, to this idea. His anxiety was out of control. And when, when this is something that I, I say and, and that I've come to believe, controlling people who don't get their way or are, or are afraid they won't get their way can become evil people. And I also want to connect it to this idea that the prophecy so he went to biblical prophecy, but the biblical prophecy only accentuated his anxiety. It didn't help calm his anxiety. And what I would like to, I just want to say it bluntly. I think there are a lot of folks today that get engaged in biblical prophecy studies, and all it does is stir up their anxiety so that they don't trust God more or rely on God more, but, but they, they, they want to make God's, whatever their interpretation of prophecy come to fulfillment. And, and, and so the Feast of Epiphany, the celebration of Epiphany, uh, reminds us not to be anxious. 
not to let anxiety control our lives, not to let anxiety overwhelm us to the place that we do things that are stupid or that are evil out of that anxiety. And, and for me, that's, that's a fascinating piece of the story. Um, a second piece to the story that's fascinating for me is that Herod wanted to protect, protect his throne, and he wanted to protect his authority, and so he did something evil in order to protect himself. And, and the point that I want to highlight is, and he never once consulted God in the midst of any of that. Now, he consulted prophecy, and he consulted the, the scribes and asked them to tell him what the scripture said, but he never stopped and said, okay, God, guide me in this process. What should I do? And in contrast to him, Joseph had a messenger from God come and say, it's dangerous, and I'm going to protect you. You need to get up with your family, and you need to move to Egypt. And, and there's something in there, folks, that I, I don't have my head completely around yet, but there's something in of living this life of reflection, of listening to the voice of God, so that when anxiety comes, we don't go or do the wrong thing, but we do the right thing. So it's, it's not that we should never even think about protecting ourselves. Self-protection is important. But it's that I trust God to lead me in my self-protection. Something in it, I, I think, pretty powerful there. And then the final piece that, that I, I think stands out for me here is, uh, and, it's, and it's pretty deep and it's pretty profound, and it connects to the, the whole missional concept that we talk about in faith walking. And, and that is... These three or however many wise men, magi, by the way, could I take a parenthesis here? When, when I did, y'all know I'm a word geek, so I had to go study the word magi. Do you know that the word magi gets translated wise man in Matthew, but later on in scripture, it gets translated sorcerer? The exact same word fascinating to me. But the bottom line is these, these three or more Iranian priests, so wise men, sage, Persian priests, religious leader, astronomer, astrologist, saw the star and came and celebrated the birth of Jesus. Well, what does all that mean? I don't know that it means this, but this is where Walter Brueggemann stirs my thinking, and, and I'm challenged by it, and this is where I'm going to go. Uh, Brueggemann suggests that the story of the Magi coming is, is an indicator of within God's design, all are included. Okay, well, what do I mean by that? Well, it wasn't just for the Jews. <laughs> Some priest 
from a completely different religion saw the star and came and honored Jesus. And it's this idea that as we celebrate Epiphany, we celebrate the fact that God is not exclusive. God is inclusive. And that the tent may be broader than we think it is. And that at the birth of Jesus, it was indicated by these magi, these religious leaders, these priests from a different religion coming and honoring Jesus on the, on the day of his birth. There's something fascinating in that. And, and the reading of the day yesterday uh, was Matthew 12. And I want to read this section of Matthew 12, which is a quotation from Isaiah 40, uh, 40 or 42. I'm not, I don't have it in front of me here. Um, but this is what the prophet Isaiah said long ago about Jesus. Are you ready? Here it is. This is my servant whom I have well chosen. This is the one I love, the one in whom I delight. I will place my spirit upon him. And he will proclaim justice to the world. He will not fight or shout or talk loudly in the streets. He will not crush a reed under his heel. heel or blow out a smoldering candle until he has led justice and righteousness to final victory and all the world will find hope in his name. That spoke deeply to me. Um, that Jesus was about justice and righteousness and hope, not just for some of us, but for the whole world. Uh, I, I go back to the verse of scripture that we quote so often, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, not just you and me. And what, what I find, and, and, and I think group, we see it really a lot today, that people get anxious, and out of our anxiety, we want to exclude. We, we want to just say, oh, well, well, no, it can't be everybody. It's got to just be me, or it's got to be just people like me, uh, it, which is the same thing Herod did. Herod said, I've got to protect what I've got, and he didn't listen to God, and as a result of it, he did evil out of his anxiety. And, and yet, the coming of the Magi teach us, uh, the, the, the prophecy about Jesus teaches us that, hey, don't be afraid. Listen to God, let God guide you, and as God guides you, you can trust God to, to, to take care of you, and, and you don't need, and don't become exclusive in the midst of it, but be inclusive. Because God so loved the world. I hope I'm clear with what I'm trying to communicate. Uh, I still have work to do 
uh, as you can tell. I don't have my notes clearly outlined. But those are my thoughts today. So I wonder what that stirs up in you or for you. What would you like to talk about? If anything. Unmute for me, Mags. Sorry about that. <laughs> I think on reflection, I'm thinking about, about Herod. Um, and so many times we listen to that story and we just hear it and we just accept it because we've heard right. it over and over again. Right. But I'm just thinking about Herod and I'm thinking to myself, the word prophecy is uh, the meaning of that, as far as I know, is that it, it, it speaks about what will happen. Mm -hmm. To prophesy is to say what will happen. And I just wondered, you know, I suppose anxiety overrides it all, but what, what the heck was Herod thinking of? That he could change <laughs> prophecy? Mm -hmm. That he could, well, if I do this, then it's going to change history. It's going to change what's the history to come. Yeah. Uh, and then I think of myself and I think of the times when, when, you don't think to include God and you, when you're going through difficult times and you don't think to include God and you get anxious or I get anxious and I think, oh, what can I do? What can I do to make this better? Mm -hmm. You know, what damage limitation can I find, you know, here? Mm -hmm. And like, how many times do we stand in front of God and say, no, 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 I know better. Mm -hmm. And that's what stirs up in me, Ken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, Lord, you've been stood right beside me, and I've said, no, 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 I'm going to do this. In yeah. fact, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a sharp reminder. It is, and and it's for me, it's a reminder that okay, it's natural to be to want to protect ourselves from mm -hmm. from whatever, but but am I doing that? out of my relationship with God and listening to God's guidance, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, the scripture tells us an angel appeared and, uh, you know, an angel, I'm, I, not that I know of has an angel ever appeared to me. Uh, but, but I do believe that when we live a life of reflection, open to the voice of God, God will guide us and God will help us make those decisions. And, and I don't want anxiety being the driving force in my life, but rather I want my trust in God to be big enough to say, I trust God in spite of my anxiety. Mm. Yeah. And, and because I trust God, I'm not going to be anxious, but I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to be curious and I'm going to say, yeah, that's going to happen. Hey, now, you know, Lord, tell me what, what does that mean? Do I have a part to play in that Lord? What does that mean? But that, right. that requires you to, I suppose, for a King to put his pride to the side. It, it does. And, and his self-protection. I mean, I, for me, one of the ways it shows up is it seems to me a lot of folks, especially in my country here in the U.S., are afraid of outsiders. Yeah. And, and as a result, and because we're afraid, 
we we do things, we say things, we behave in ways out of our anxiety that I don't believe are in alignment with God's design. And mm -hmm. and instead of okay, God, how are you going to guide us in in this highly diverse world, in this highly diverse nation that we live in, to not just worry about us and ours or mm -hmm. people that look like me. But, but how is it that we, we, we live in a global world where God's in control of all of it? Yeah. yeah. That for me is the challenge. Yeah, yeah, I, it is a challenge, absolutely. And I think if you can put your fears of, it, I think it's innate in human nature that if we don't understand it, we're fearful of it. Yeah, sure. We could just get curious. That would be good, but I simplify it. Sorry, Ken, but I do get what you mean. Thank you. Yeah, I think um, what's um, being stirred up in me is, you know, several things here, and this may <laughs> perhaps be a bit controversial. Um, is first and foremost, um, we need to remind ourselves that we are kingdom people. Yeah. And one of the things that strikes me very much in the media is that so often as Christians, no, maybe not necessarily as Christians, we can default to a political party which may offer, a, let's say, a shadow mm -hmm. of a religious or Christian perspective. And we think, ah, that's God, you know, that's God's party, etc., and so on. And irrespective of where politics are, there's always a mixture. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for myself, it's it's a call uh, to be distinct. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think for Herod, um, he wasn't a Jew, right? And uh there's a whole historical political thing with rome and all that sort of thing mm -hmm. but essentially he was using uh the politics and perhaps even the religion of mm -hmm. the day to advance mm -hmm. his own agenda and i think i do think as 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 christians um and follow well even that's a, a <laughs> term these days but as 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 followers of jesus we need to be careful that we are not even dare i say use the word manipulated by politicians to advance mm -hmm. their agenda and i mm -hmm. think that is a, that is a is a key thing yes we want to feed the poor yes we want right morality and all that sort of thing in the nation um but the thing is uh, a changed life comes about through a changed heart, through the gospel. Mm -hmm. And uh, that I'm not sure if that can actually be enforced by right. in a nation if people's hearts are not changed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's just a, a few thoughts mm -hmm. that I had there. Mm -hmm. uh, I totally concur, John. Uh, we... It seems like to me, there are a lot of folks who call themselves Christians that are more committed to a political party than they are to the way of Jesus. And, and that's just out of a lot. I mean, the first declaration of 
following Christ was Jesus is Lord, which means Jesus is my ruler. Jesus is my political party. That, that's, I mean, I know you, you, you all know that. Uh, and so it was pledging allegiance to, and I'm going to, I'm going to be aligned with Jesus and, and my loyalty is to Jesus, not to my nation or to my political affiliation or to any of it. And to me, that's what kingdom people are. And that's challenging. Yeah, that is challenging. And it raises for me, thank you, John, because I, I was thinking about that too. Um, I guess everyone knows that I work for Hillsdale College, which um, is becoming a real issue in my life at the moment, because recently they have been putting out in, from their marketing department some ads that, um, although the college says that it's a, an independent Christian college, I wonder how much I'd almost, and this has to stay here, but I, I almost see it as idolatrous that the college holds up um, the constitution and patriotism to be a higher God than um, Jesus as, as a, a Christian college. And some of these ads that have been put out recently are um, against um, certain uh, certain things like um, critical race theory, for example, is just one example, saying that the college will not stand for that and we should not um, support that in any way and we don't want our schools, our K through 12 schools teaching that. And if we just get back to the constitution, everything will be fine. And so the college has, has this new initiative um, to try to, to train citizens um, to be more patriotic, if you will, more informed about their constitution. And this is, for me, it's creating a big uh, challenge because this, um, while I have said for years that I'm here for the students and not for the administration, I am paid by the college. Um, and I have to decide if this is something I can live with um, as the college becomes more and more aligned with the political party instead of with their mission statement as being a Christian college. It's, it's a tough one. And I think... I think, Ken, as you said, it comes out of their anxiety, their fear. They're feeding into um, their donors um, because the college doesn't accept any federal funds. So all of our scholarships are private. Um, and in order to keep that money coming in for students and for running the college, they have to appeal to their donors. And so it is coming from their fear um, and their anxiety, I believe. So, yeah, it's, um, this is a big one. It is, and it's and it's challenging, um, and and I think you hit on it. So I I can't identify with Herod much in oh I need to stay in charge and in control, and so I have to figure out a way to dominate. But I can really identify Judith with the idea that hey I need funds to make my organization work run, and 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 so when. When the funds are in jeopardy, then suddenly I get anxious. And it's amazing to me at how often then we appeal out of our own anxiety, we appeal to other people's anxiety and we get them to donate because they're anxious out of their anxiety. Yeah. Which, whichever side of political issues we're on, 
group, uh, please hear me. I'm, I'm not advocating for either of here in the U.S., our political parties, but are we, are we loyal to Christ? Are we aligned to, with, with Christ? Jerry, you look like you have something to say today. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Is it that obvious? <laughs> well, remember, I'm a poker player, and and part of poker is reading people, and so I'm just I'm just reading you a little bit. Yeah. So I'm I'm reading this book um, called Confronting Injustice Without Compromising Truth. Mm -hmm. 12 questions Christians should ask about social justice. Mm -hmm. and, and he starts out by making the point, and we all know this, we all know this, that if we do not reckon um, with the fact that every quest for a better world works outward from the premise of either creator worship or creation worship. So who are we worshiping? You know, when we talk about, mm -hmm. um, you know, the outsider, or we talk about the constitution even, or we talk about, you know, pick your, pick your topic. Are we worshiping that? Or are we worshiping our creator? Mm -hmm. And that's a hard one, I think, especially for Christians to reckon with because, well, of course, <laughs> right? We mm -hmm. worship the creator. But peel away those layers. And are we? Because if we stand on that, I'm a Christ follower. But don't you touch my, my power my wealth, my influence, my, my social status, my, what, my whiteness, mm -hmm. don't touch, don't touch. That's what I have to say. <laughs> well, you're just preaching today is all you're doing. <laughs> you just, you just start to, you just went to preaching. Yeah. It's a, it's a very challenging book. Yeah. I'm sure it is. I've not read that book, um, but yeah, I struggle with it because, uh, I mean, I grew up in a really ultra conservative background and, and I have so many friends that are still in that world who, who get, uh, and, and it's, and I love them and I want the best for them. And they, and they, and they want, they love God and they, and they follow Jesus or they want to follow Jesus. And, and yet um, sometimes I think they're blinded by something. 
And I, I wonder what we're blinded by. Um, yeah, I don't know. We better let somebody else talk because I don't know. So what's your big takeaway from, from this conversation, from the, from the idea of epiphany, from the Magi coming, from Herod, the story of Herod, Joseph going to Egypt? Uh, what, what's, uh, what's, what's a big takeaway for you? So? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think there are a lot of takeaways here. Uh, this is just a, a great topic and all of the different aspects of it. But I think for me, the biggest takeaway you said early on about uh, anxiety and mm -hmm. not letting anxiety, our anxiety lead us into um, taking actions that are not um, godly. Mm -hmm. uh, not positive and not whole and not healthy, uh, yeah. all those things, um, and 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 keep us from listening to God and receiving from Him what what He has to say, mm -hmm. um, where He wants to lead us. Um, and I know when I get anxious, my very tendency is to go get off track. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that that's just a really good reminder to me. Good. Thank you, Sol. Judith? Well, I would say ditto to everything Sol said, but I also, um, yeah, for sure, um, was thinking about, especially in my friend group, the people that I'm close to, when I, when I noticed them becoming anxious about things, maybe seeing if I can help carefully um, bring, bring even them back to um, managing their anxiety in a way, seeing, seeing what it is that has actually triggered them. Um, and, I, and especially with my work with the students, when I see um, their behavior um, changing because of their anxiety, and I can think of a couple of particular students um, that have been a challenge this last semester. Um, look for, help them identify their triggers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And point them to Faith Walking Module 1. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll share. I am, um, I'm thinking about anxiety and how it affects me personally and and I'm thinking about Herod a lot. He just, that's coming up a lot for me as you're talking, Ken. But when I'm anxious, I want to be comforted. Mm -hmm. I, bottom line. And I think about, we went to Israel a few years ago. And one of the things that I was so, I won't say impressed, but that, made an impression on me was how very many places um, Herod built huge structures or citadels or I had never realized before going there that it wasn't just one or two I mean they're throughout the country built by Herod the Great and I I'm wondering how his anxiety for 
power was what he sought and protection and, and all of that and the things that he did. But um, I'm just, I wonder in myself when I am wanting comfort, what is it that comforts me? Mm -hmm. And what is it bottom line that I'm really thirsting for? Or what is it bottom line? Am I really hungry for? Mm -hmm. um, that's just what's kind of coming up mm -hmm. to me with it, because um, how we act and what I see in the political, you know, all the polar um, polarization is that people want to be comforted and they want to know they're in the right mm -hmm. and i don't know i'm having a hard time my mind's going through so much right now um, but bottom line i think it's just um where am i seeking the comfort for my anxiety mm -hmm. and um mm -hmm. yeah yeah good good mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it seems to always come back around to how am I managing my own anxiety, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Courtney? Yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of trying to unpack like this comparison that we've made between Joseph and, and Herod, um, just the part of the Christmas story. You know, I've often mm -hmm. heard like the the comparison between like Zechariah and Mary and their response to angels and like, you know, Zechariah's. Zechariah being filled with doubt and and Mary being filled with you know kind of intrigue and hope in the way that she responds but it's interesting hearing this whole this 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 comparison with Herod and Joseph and and I'm still kind of unpacking like the idea of of Joseph self-protecting like doing something out of self-protection because I always kind of see self-protection as a as a uh, as an opposite to love right mm -hmm. so kind of an anxiety in our response, you know, is definitely not love, it's self-protection, but obviously Joseph and obedience and in, you know, in belief of what, what he was told, you know, moved forward. Anyway, I don't know. I'm just, I, I always see myself as like, I guess it's just interesting. And I, I guess I'm just trying to uh -huh. unpack uh -huh. that technique about that. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm fascinated because I study the Bible all the time. I'm fascinated by details and things that I've never thought of before or seen before. And um, related to that, when when Joseph decides to move back to to Israel, he also is directed by God uh, because Herod's son is now on the throne, who's more evil than Herod was. And when they move back. So, so Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which is in Judea, which is in the south, in and around Jerusalem. But when they go back, they move to Galilee, which is in the north. If, if you know the geography, Samaria is in between Judea and, and, and Galilee. And they moved to Galilee to be further away from Herod, uh, who, who was on the throne in Jerusalem so that he wouldn't find out about. And, and so again, it was about protecting Jesus. It was about keeping Jesus safe. Uh, and, and so I'm not sure I'm still pondering all that. Also, Courtney, trust me, I don't have all the answers, but it, but it was fascinating to see, but Joseph was led by God's voice and God's spirit and God's angels and dream dreams. And, and, but in it, he did it as a way of protecting Jesus. 
but he didn't do it out of his anxiety running. Right. It's the best yeah, I got. So it's all I got. It's also, it's also interesting then that there's this whole idea of because I trust God, then I'm going to protect myself, you know, and you could, you mm -hmm. could spin off into a thousand different views related to I don't know, masks right. and COVID and everything else if you wanted to, but right. And it is interesting. Like, that to right. kind of paint that picture you were like because of my belief in god or because you know i believe this is true and mm -hmm. mm -hmm. i am going to take action precautionary actions mm -hmm. rather than rather than yeah um, yeah kind of interesting isn't it yeah because <laughs> yeah exactly exactly not putting god to the test right which is what satan tried to right convince you to do yeah. Testing. yeah 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 and i mean again i just come back and so they they completely relocated when they came back from egypt to galilee to a region they hadn't lived in before all because they were protecting themselves at god's direction we better not chase that rabbit any further down the hole yeah can i I just sort of keep coming back to um, I keep thinking about how do you how do you not become anxious and it just comes back to I suppose having an open heart and a, an open mind and and being curious but inviting God into the picture every time so when right. you when you start to feel anxious and you know those signs and you say to yourself, I wonder what's going on with me here. Lord, what's going on here? You know, mm -hmm. and invite God into it. And in the trying to understand it, you can quell your anxiety. And likewise, it's, it's almost like you're a conduit for God. If somebody else is becoming anxious in your presence, be curious about it. Ask them, what, what you know, I noticed you're anxious. I wonder what's behind that and ask God at the same time. Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So if you can have that open mind and that open heart and be curious. Yes. In a Absolutely. time, you know, and it's, yeah, it's faith walking. It is. It's in and, <laughs> it's Yeah. Good, 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 Max. And, and our curiosity. And when we're open to say, okay, God, I'm anxious. What is this about? Yeah. Then, then, then we grow in our awareness. Yeah. So, and God, and God reveals things. God shows us things. God helps us see things. Uh, and, uh, and then, and then as we, so, so managing anxiety and living a reflective life, keep us moving in the direction of God's spirit and guidance in, in, in our in our lives which is where we're supposed to be absolutely and it takes the onus off or it takes the the focus off us because right. it's always about us right it's god or it's and, about others right and and mags for me i'm, I'm going to confess this and say this what what's embarrassing for me is how often i don't trust god Okay. That I just depend on myself and, and, and you know what, and I get myself in trouble just like Herod did because I'm not trusting God. 
and you're not alone in it, believe me. <laughs> Mia, Mia culpa. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, God, I trust you with all my heart, uh, and now I'm going to go to do what I think I need to do. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to present it to you and say, will you okay that for me? <laughs> hey, yeah, exactly. Put your blessing, stamp a blessing on it. Yeah. J John, I think, wants to speak, and we, yeah. we, we better listen to the Scotsman one more time. <laughs> And it, it just reminds me, you know, where you've got uh, you've got Paul who says, be anxious for nothing. Mm -hmm. On one occasion, he's let over the wall on a basket to escape for his life. Mm -hmm. On the mm -hmm. next occasion, and then later on in his life, he is um, saying he has the prophecy um, from Agabus. And this man's going to die, going to go to Rome, etc. And he willingly goes on. Mm -hmm. uh, you've also got, I suppose, another comparison is Bon Heffer, um, who uh, carried on preaching bec um, in in the in, in, within the um, in the Nazi in the Nazi regime. But mm -hmm. I think the thing that ties all this together really is um, being led by the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. in, in all this and. Uh, you know, seeking his wisdom in each and every situation that we're called to. So something may be right on one occasion and not in the next. And it yeah. is very much to do with our with our own individual uh, walk with God and um, trying not to because our self-control, I want to be in charge of things. And we think that we are indispensable. Well, mm -hmm. what are they going to do without me? Mm -hmm. I remember when I was I must have been about 10 or 12, um, young, young boy, and my father was made redundant. And he said to me, I said to him, but dad, what are they going to do without you? <laughs> and my father's reply was, John, he says, Tom Nehuri Cemetery is full of indispensable people. <laughs> uh -huh. And that's always given me a perspective. Yeah. on things that I am not, um, humanly speaking, I am not indispensable, but God has an agenda for my life and I need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in fulfilling what he wants to do in my life. Yeah. In that way. Amen. Great conversation group. Thank you.